What's poppin', what's poppin', what's poppin'? Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we're gonna be talking about threads. Yes, we're gonna go over it. I know y'all wanna hear about it. What is it and how can we use it? Uh, is scaling for everybody? We're gonna talk about that with Zuck making threads with Elon purchasing Twitter. What can we learn from that? Why did they do that? And what we can learn from that as brands, how to leverage content correctly. And then is self-care a bad thing all of a sudden on TikTok? We're gonna talk about it. Moose, how we feel about this episode? I'm, I'm always excited anytime a new platform is introduced into the whole social media world so i think this one's gonna be it's gonna be another special episode let's get into this intro two kids from queens cut from a different cloth now joining forces helping you to elevate your personal brand yeah i'm talking about nikki and moose bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset the mentality the behaviors the driving force but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, you know this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that not only allows you to stream on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it, it lets you stream there but it's amazing for pre-recording videos. We do this podcast on Ecamm Live. You could do, you could have your video isolation, audio isolation. You could do transitions. It's amazing for everything from your live streaming to your pre-recording needs. And we're giving away 14 days for free. If you just go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash Ecamm, that's E-C-A-M-M. And get your 14-day trial on us. Moose, how are we feeling? You, you for for our audio listeners, he's he's looking like he's back home. Talk to us, people. Yeah, yeah, back home in uh, the state side with the usual setup. Uh, not nearly as nervous or worried as I was the last couple of weeks about Wi-Fi connections and having enough power outlets and setups and lighting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be home. That's for sure. I feel I feel pretty good today, man. I'm excited for this. So you going to talk to us about the travel back? Like how long did it take? Did Is there any funny stories? Oh. Um, I mean, I'm definitely a lot more grateful to... Uh, live in this country for sure after this trip. I know that. I mean, it was good to go home, uh, considering that I I am a, an Egyptian national, but America definitely is just as much my home, if not more, uh, than 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 Egypt to some extent. So uh, I'm a lot more grateful. But the trip back was uh, 12 hours on the plane. Uh, you know, give or take a couple hours commuting to the airport from the airport and all that good stuff. Of course, I got held up uh, with the border security, you know, 
call it a random check or not, but I'm, I guess I'm used to it. I got stopped on the way there. You know, I didn't, I didn't talk about that too much. I got stopped on the way there when I entered Egypt, which was kind of threw me off. Cause it's like, oh, this is my home country. You guys should greet me with a lot more respect. Mm. But, but I was held up over there. And then coming here, you know, we, we faced a little, a little delay, but nothing, nothing too serious, man. I, I'm grateful. And that's why I said, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm grateful to have made it back safely. Cause that was a, at one point that started to become a concern. Like, yo, imagine you don't make it back on time or, you know, some of these crazy thoughts started popping up in my head because of everything that was happening. But yeah, fortunately, uh, you know, I'm back, man. I'm back. I don't know that I'm going to be leaving anytime soon. That's for sure. I'm kind of keep my butt here a little bit. He's like, I am done with <laughs> and, traveling. Uh, I am yeah. not yeah, you going know, nowhere. At least not international. Yeah, at least not international for, for a good a good four or five couple months, something like that. So Only four or five? We shall see. It's a good Only time, four. though. Can't, can't. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's it's, it's uh, you learn a lot traveling though. I I can't I can't deny the fact that there's so much that you gain from a culture standpoint. For me, there was a lot of just like uh, I don't know, I guess an emotional relief that I felt like wow, I can I can close that chapter and and move on. And, and that, I honestly needed that. I'm, I can't I can't deny it. So I'm trying not to get too you know personally emotional on on the pod because you know we got some work to do, but. It was uh, it was definitely a needed trip. It was good. You want to cry? You can cry. It's okay. We've, I cried we've... already, so it's good. Then I cried. I cried. Um, cried like two, two tree, two tree, two tree times. Yeah, like about, about a good solid two tree. Was it like so I, I, on I the tears like on the plane? Like when you left? Like as you were going, then you cried. Like I always cry leaving New York. I'm such a baby. It's so really, yes. yeah, no, it, it got me too. Yeah, yeah, my mom, my mom took me out. Like I was good. I was actually super excited. I was very happy, getting ready. You know, fam was here. We were having a good time on the way to the airport. Still party mode. Like, yo, I'm, I'm going home. It's, it's like homecoming. You know, you feel, you feel good. You're excited. And then just as we were saying goodbye, still held it together. Felt very strong, core. You know, muscles felt good. I, I, I felt great. And then my mom said one thing to me just as I was leaving. I was like, oh, damn, took me right out. It was like the Hail Mary, Hail Mary Hail Maker, whatever you want to call it. I just I was, got hit. I was like, oh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't hold it at that point. So, you know, I, I walked as best as I can. And yeah, but no, I, I broke. I broke at that point. And then I broke when I saw my uncle when I landed over there, mm -hmm. you know, after I come out because he is a. Um, like identical to my dad. And mm -hmm. so I walked out of the airport after all the craziness that happened there. And I look at this guy and I'm like, yo, is that my, I mean, obviously I know it's not my dad, but it just felt like for a moment that I saw my dad, which was, you know, a whole nother. Yeah, you know, let's, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff, Aww. good stuff. Yeah, I, need, I needed that though, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I needed that. That's, that's, a good, that's a good look for you. That's a good look for you. That's mm -hmm. a good look for you. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're emotional. We like that. We like that side of you. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. shows that you're yeah, human. Facts. We like it. I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, as far as for me, uh, I, we're, we're going to talk about it on the What's Poppin' section. Um, I, got a new, I got a new addiction. Uh-oh. Is what it is when there's new social media stuff. 
then I am, I am uh, looking into it. I'm getting updates. That whole nine, it's great. And then I'm actually really enjoying it. I, and I didn't think I would. Uh, for those people who don't know, uh, Threads came out and we'll, we'll talk about it in full in uh, the What's Poppin' section. But I got over a thousand notifications, right? Isaiah will probably put that on the screen for our video people. Um, it's, it's very interesting. It's, and this is the crazy part about it. I'm not even a writer. I mean, like I'm, mm. I'm not a writer. I don't, I don't write. I'm a video person. And here I am. I'm like, who am I? What, what is happening? It's interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, I, so, but it's really dope and we'll, we'll get into it. But yeah, I, I feel like I have, I have a new addiction. I'm going to, I'm going to admit it. I'm going to admit it. I'm not going to be like, Oh, this is stuff for research. Not that probably, I probably shouldn't be on it this much. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, but it's a new toy. <laughs> and when you have a new toy, you're like, Hey, this is great. But Can I have fun? I ain't mad at that. No. Yeah. So, but let's just, let's just get into this. Let's, Let's get into this episode. <laughs> Let's get into this episode. So, what's poppin' section? This segment is sponsored by Deeper Than The Brand, which shout out to them because we had an amazing Zoom call to talk about what we're going to be talking about. So shout out to them, right? The number one content branding community that shows you how to confidently and authentically build a brand, grow a social media presence, and build digital wealth go to deeper than the brand.com please and thank you join the community uh threads is now out and this is the app that we didn't know that we needed all right so uh mark zuck because i'm not going to say his full name because clearly i was saying all wrong and so he calls himself zuck on threads <laughs> So we're going to call him Zuck. OK, uh, it, it, it's so funny how the timeline happened. Right. So. The week of the 5th, right, July 5th, the week of July 5th. Elon Musk on Twitter said that there was going to be a restriction of how many tweets we see, depending on our status, whether we are Twitter blue or not. Right. Of course, if you're not Twitter blue, you don't really see a lot. If you're Twitter blue, you see a little bit more. Now. That happened early, earlier on that week, let's say, I don't know, Monday. Right. Well, July 5th, all of a sudden threads comes out, which is Meta's version of Twitter, literally Meta versions of Twitter. And when I say this thing went crazy in that morning less than 24 hours 30 million people had signed up to threads now what's cool about threads is one the seamless sign up if you have an instagram literally you download the app you sign into your instagram you import your bio you follow all your followers if you want to and that's it you don't have to do anything else Right. And it is probably going to be the fastest way you grow 
a social media following because they have this feature where you can follow everybody you already following. And so it automatically gives you following one. That's pretty dope, right? There is a, what you gonna call it? A, a high off of threads right now because of that reason. Two, you're finding new people in this app. It, it kind of gives a very simple layout. There's no explore page. There's no searching of a topic. There's no hashtags. It's just one timeline and of just people you follow and some new people because they're liking stuff and they're sharing things as well. Now, my perspective on on threads is that this is a way to have a deeper connection with your Instagram followers. It feels familiar and not so starting new, even though we all start from zero. But like I said, these are people who have followed us already or that we follow. And so it feels familiar. And now we're starting to see a different side of people, a better uh, conversation where Instagram one has already probably suppressed our reach, doesn't show our followers all our content. This is now kind of just like a brand new slate. So you can have conversations there and boom, people are engaging and reacting to it almost right away. It's really good. I tested it out. Clearly, I've been on it since the very first hour that it had dropped. Um, it's funny. They give you like this random thread number. I made a I made a joke saying that's like a cell block number. Literally under your Instagram, you have like an at and a number. And people are saying that's your thread number. That's the number that you joined. Right. But I've been testing it out for these past couple of days. And there's a few things that I, I've learned. One, it takes up to 500 characters. Two, there is you can upload five minutes of video. Now, the video experience isn't the greatest. You're definitely going to need captions, right? The, the captions on their video because the sound instantly doesn't come on. And for some people, you actually have to like double tap it for you to turn the audio on. There's no GIFs as of yet. There's hardly really any features. And so my theory on that is one, they rushed that because of the announcement that Elon said as far as we're restricting it. So this seemed as if, yo, this is an amazing solution for all the, the stuff that Elon is doing over in Twitter. So they took advantage of that. Two, they're doing amazing press. They have, they've been on CNN, New York Times, every single place media-wise is talking about threads. And so this week, there's going to be a really big wave of people that are coming in, then it's going to slow down. With them not putting out any features just yet, with them dropping new features here and there, maybe one every week, that's going to create people who are already on it to be re-engaged and people who've been thinking about it to come to, to Threads to see what it's doing, right? So... I'm, I'm really excited about Threads. I've been on it. I think the best way to utilize it is to have conversations with your followers 
Don't get too outside of, of your brand. It can be very tempting. You can get into the, the ratchet side of things or just fully expressing how you feel. That's cool, but don't, in my opinion, do not get too outside of your brand and allow your Instagram to uh, be the starting point for conversations. Or even if you're the type that likes to go live or you posted something, you could actually tell your your threads following, yo, I just posted, yo, I'm about to go live. And they're so familiar with Instagram, they'll go over there and check it out. So uh, go check out threads. I'm on there. Nikki and Moose is on there. Moose is on there. We're all on threads. Come have conversations with us. We're actually going to uh, tell whatever happens on the podcast whatever topic we're talking about now we're telling everybody to go to threads sorry twitter it's not happening for us threads mm, mm, is happening mm. for us sorry but moose what do, you, what do you think about threads man this um it's been it's been fun to just hop around the platform and see how things are, you know, my approach is to always test things out from a distance without being hyperactive, just to see what the common thread is, no pun intended, but just to literally see how things are going across the board. And so, like you said, I've seen some of the, okay, you're probably trying a little too hard there. And I've seen some of the highlights of it as well. So I'll probably start engaging now that I'm back home more in using an approach of like dialogues that others are involved in to see where I can add value and how I can get kind of find my footing and then eventually look to uh, deploy my own strategy in a sense. But it seems pretty dope, man. I, I, I'm sure we'll dive into it a little bit deeper, but the community, the community feel seems a lot more genuine there. Oh yeah. I like, I like, um, I like how people that I was following that I haven't seen in a minute, all is showing up and I'm like, oh, there you've been, right? And mm. uh, somebody, I forgot which which creator was saying like, yo, this feels like uh, school uh, in the hallways when we're on break. I mean, so you, you seeing mm. everybody, are you talking to them, catching up? I, I think it's a good vibe for, for now. Now, of course, we will see where it's going. We can see which direction is going, but I, I do believe um, if you can figure out the conversations that you want to have on a regular basis, even maybe come up, I say, like with a series, uh, whether it is I'm, I'm going to start doing like a podcast day on Saturdays where we're doing the research. So I'm whatever I'm researching when like, yo, this is what I found. And this is kind of the lessons kind of giving a preview of what podcast uh, is going to be um, on Wednesday is going to have content corner, you know, so having the conversations there where people are looking forward to some of the threads that I'll be, be talking about. So like same, getting the same theory, from other social media platforms and still bringing it to this new one. That's dope. That's yep. dope. But Moose, I like it. what's on the business side? 
Yeah, so I'm jumping a little bit into the creator economy today from a business standpoint, but uh, comedy creator uh, known as iDubs, his formal name is Ian Joma, hope I'm saying that right. Uh, he is the co-founder of a charity boxing series called Creator Clash. Now, this is basically, think of it as a big boxing match or competition that was put out for creators to just go at it. Now, it was put together, yes, for entertainment, but also it came together with a twist because there were proceeds that were donated to charity from the event. Now, last year, things went great. They donated a large sum of money. This year, they lost $250,000, right? Big lump sum of money. Now, to dive a little bit deeper into it to kind of figure out what happened here, Here's the breakdown that came out and uh, shout out to Publish Press as well for also breaking this down in their newsletter. But they said that first off, after last year's successful event, Ian went and shot for an arena that is double the size. That's the first one, right? So he said, hey, if we had a really good successful event last year, why not go bigger and aim higher as much as twice as much, right? The second thing is he actually paid uh, the fighters, the influencers who participated $20,000, a stipend so that they can participate into the events. Like, hey, we want you to be in shape for this. You don't get knocked out too bad. Here goes 20,000 so you can participate into the event. Now here's the difference. Last year, the event was completely free online. So people were able to stream the event free online and they can view the event from there. This year, he added a cost to the event, almost made it like a pay-per-view event, and it costs anywhere from $25 to $35 to view. Now, they still got about 50,000 people to watch, but because there was a you know pay to get access to the stream this time, there were as many as 3 million viewers who watched from a pirated site, meaning they just were able to find a way on the back end to basically steal the stream without having to pay for it. So as a result, the event ended up losing $250,000 and Ian and his team could not follow through on their commitment to donate money to charity. Now he created a video on his YouTube and actually explained and just talked very, uh, from a you know transparent and vulnerable standpoint about what happened and then did another uh, stream on Twitch and raised about $160,000 still to donate to charity. So really the question here is, or the idea to think about is, is scaling the business or is going bigger because we've had a successful launch last time out always the best approach, right? So not necessarily because clearly you can see here, and I'm, I'm a big fan about it, of it, you always hear me talk about, hey, uh, fulfillment, fulfillment, operations, your, your people who are in the business are just as critical. So this was a big lesson here, I think, for him and the team, although a good recovery to be able to still raise money, but, you know, obviously still a loss on the business front. So just know that going bigger isn't necessarily always a better thing for your business. Hmm. Sheesh. All right. Well, uh, people... 
go on threads and let us know what you think about the what's popping section one what moose said as far as uh the scaling part are you uh now a little bit cautious to scale your business after listening to that um and then of course what do you think of threads but let's get into the creator of the week and this person we both know very well um he has been killing it on instagram lately with uh his content from a design standpoint from an ai standpoint from a storytelling standpoint and the person we are talking about is none other than uh nick rich okay uh recently he is just putting out tons of content i mean i, I hit him up like oh you getting you consistent, buddy. You consistent. This is what we're doing. He's like, I'm trying. Uh, and it's being received very well. Here's this, you know, a, a snippet of what you can expect from Nick. Adobe Generator Fill changes everything. Let's get into it. All right, guys. So I went out the other day with my daughter. Wanted to take some photos. We came across this waterfall. What if I wanted to change that to a different waterfall? and maybe change where she's standing. Now you can do all of that with Generator Fill. Let me show you how. So the first thing you wanna do is, I wanna select the area in this photo close to the bottom of where that waterfall starts. And that'll pretty much be where our new waterfall is ending. Once you have your area selected, you're gonna go to Edit and then go to Generator Fill. This is where you're gonna type your prompt in. It's very similar to Adobe Firefly, Midjourney, ChatGPT, any one of the AI apps that are out right now, they have prompts. So you have to tell it what you want it to produce. So in this case, I want a huge waterfall somewhere like a rainforest type of area. So you literally type that in, press generate and let it do its thing. After that, you're gonna get a couple of options. Now, Photoshop gives you three different options to choose from using generator fill. So you click through them and choose the one you like. But what if you wanted to make your photo a little bigger? Say you didn't shoot the picture wide enough and you want to capture more of the waterfall. Now you can do that. Now this time, you go to generate a fill, don't press anything. It's going to calculate from the little pieces that you left in and expand based on what information is within the selection. Let me know what you think about it in the comments below. Hmm. So descriptive that our audio listeners can follow along, but... If you want to see it, go definitely go check the video experience. He walks that whole thing through. Um, anything, any content creator who is consistent is giving high quality content. We're going to highlight. And so shout out to Nick for uh, stepping it up and, and really adding value to his audience. I can't ask the normal question because I already said we both know. And very well, <laughs> so I can't do the did you know, because actually Moose... Come roll, please. Yeah, yeah, Moose <laughs> actually said, hey, why don't we go over Nick? I said, sure. And the funny thing, those people who are part of Content Corner, the newsletter, I already highlighted him as the creator spotlight anyway. So it worked out. It worked out. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's why I was like, sure. Been, I didn't even see that. Yeah, I didn't see that. But I, I just been seeing his stuff. I'm like, and, and you hit it on the head with the storytelling plus the informative content. And I love just how like, it just feels so him, right? Like it feels super authentic. Like, okay, no, this is not no scripted. Let me 
put on for the camera. So, yeah, Nick, shout out to you, man. Always love, bro. Yay. So, let's get into the blueprint section. Now, with the uh, birth of threads, right, the conversation of, okay, why did Zuck make this this application it's pretty much the same as twitter like what are we doing even going back when elon bought twitter why is he buying twitter what is the point this man owns tesla he knows nothing about social media and both of them regardless two different individuals who i heard they're gonna fight in real life that should be interesting but two different individuals, they both saw a gap in the market. And how they went about it, even though differently, the reason is something that we can take and dissect and try to learn for ourselves. So listen to why Zuck, I can't, I'm not calling him his full name, but Zuck, made threads which at the time of this interview was called project 92 and why elon musk purchased twitter whatever reason i feel like twitter has not lived up to what i would have thought its full potential should be and i think that the current you know i think elon thinks that right and that's probably one of the reasons why he bought it and i do know there are ways to consider alternative approaches to this and one is this open and federated approach where you're seeing with mastodon and you're, you're seeing that a little bit with blue sky I, I think that it's possible that something that melds some of those ideas with the graph and identity system that people have already cultivated on instagram could be a, a kind of very welcome contribution to that space i also thought that I grew, I was growing increasingly concerned that there was a lack of freedom of speech and freedom of expression, um, and that the, there was a lot of censorship, and a lot of censorship was, some of it was obvious, a lot of it was hidden. Yeah. Um, and I thought that's really, that was really unhelpful, un unhealthy for public discourse. So the angle that I want to go about it this week is by listening to this clip, Realizing that both of them saw a problem and created a solution. And when we're thinking about growing a brand, building a business, it starts with what the problem is and what is the solution that we have. Now, it doesn't mean we are creating a whole new solution sometimes. Sometimes it's about enhancing improving, making it better. It's not about let me create a whole new thing with a whole new experience. It could be dedicated to a certain crowd, certain age group, you know, certain uh, status. But but listening, and, and I want to have this conversation, especially with you, Moose, from a business side of how do we identify the gaps? Because some, some of us will look at certain markets, certain niches and be like, okay, I just got to follow that blueprint. I just got to do it that way. Where we listen to uh, Zuck and we listen to Elon and they, they specifically pointed out certain things like, I don't necessarily 
like this. So I'm going to create the change. I'm going to do something different that I believe should be there. Now, if it's right or wrong, that's not the question, but they saw the problem and they are now being the change that they want to see. And so for, from your standpoint, how does one identify gaps within, you know, the business world? Yeah, it's, it really happens when you don't take things as face value, right? When you're engaging with, whether it be an app, a social media platform, a product, or even a service, when you're not just taking it on as a consumer or as a fan, but you're exploring and thinking about how does this really integrate into the different verticals that I'm a part of, whether that be other businesses, communities even, and what is the marketplace calling for that maybe they don't have the courage to speak out and say, hey, I need this, right? Because when you look at what Elon Musk did, he always dabbled in the political sphere. He has been known to just publicly share his thoughts around, I don't agree with this political stance, or I think this should happen, right? He just openly has done that. Mark Zuckerberg, on the other hand, not so much, right? With the exception of him being called in to Congress and the whole not, he didn't want anything to do. He's not really a political person like that. Obviously, unless he was called, unless he, uh, until the time he was called to the stand, then it was a different approach. And so you can see why, or it begins to make sense why Elon Musk said, no, I think that this is something important for not just this particular social media platform, but for the world, because it's getting to a point where it's affecting <coughs> our elections. And so here's the change I want to make. All right. Now, there's some conversation around, hey, did was his approach too aggressive? And we covered this on the podcast when he first brought the, the, the company and we said all of the layoffs and the way he's putting people out, did he give maybe Mark the keys to build a competitor, right? Because he was laying so many people off. It's like possible, right? It, it does leave some room for question. And then of course, Mark Zuckerberg on the other hand, it's the same thing, right? It's like, okay, I see what's happening. I'm in the space. I am a direct competitor of what you're doing. And here's what I would do differently. And I think that's what you're seeing here. So in short, it's just really having the mentality and the approach of not taking things at face value and looking at it to say, what is the marketplace calling for, even if they don't have the courage to necessarily voice that concern? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from from a branding side of, of finding the gaps, uh, I, I would say something to the effect of we have to study the competition. We have to study the market. And when we're studying it, we're, we're going about, okay, what does their brand colors look like? What does uh, their content looking like? What is their mission looking like? Who's the audience that they have? And, and breaking all of these things down to where, okay, where do I fit in? What, how does my approach different? Like, I don't want to jump into the same pool. I'm already with the niche that I have. I'm already jumping into the same pool, but I don't want to jump into the same pool with the same audience, with the same look with the same vibe, same tone, same uh, mission. I don't, I don't want to do that. 
Because how do you stand out? All right. Now, even though when we look at the difference between like threads and Twitter to the masses, that doesn't seem too much of a difference. Right. You know, you're like, okay, it's a text base. They both have a uh, light and dark mode. Uh, they both take pictures. They both, uh, even though it's not the easiest, they both do, do GIFs. They both do video. Like, what is the difference? And so this is where uh, Meta is concentrating more in the experience than necessarily the true difference at this moment. The experience is what's going to make them different. So everything from a seamless uh, you know, transition into the platform, the instant growth of following, the converse, like the reach that you're able to have compared to Twitter, the lifespan, what it seems of how long a thread lasts compared to a, a tweet. All these different things and even being able to cross promote from as easy as hitting share to be able to have a picture going into your Instagram stories, going into your Instagram post. And there's even one for a tweet that I haven't necessarily tried, but I think that's very <laughs> petty, right? I think that's very petty. Um, but even taking that approach of... Maybe your brand isn't all the way different than how can you create a better experience? I look at restaurants where, you know, the experience of that is what makes them different. Clothing brands where some will go more on the exclusive route. Why? Because of the experience. When, when we are creating or when we are growing our brands, if we want to go the experience route, what are we doing for them to say, yo, this is, this is different. This is exactly what I need. I didn't even know I needed this. Where, where if we're talking about personal brands and from an educational standpoint, okay, everybody has a course. But when I come into the community, the vibe is different. We're doing different calls. We're, we're doing different challenges. We're going from a motivational standpoint, yo, the, the, uh, the text messages are different. I'm getting, I'm getting the motivation sent straight to me and I don't have to look for it. From an entertainment standpoint, that could be multiple different ways, right? So studying the competitor, studying who's already out there, finding the gaps is just like they did. And if you want to go the experience route, then really figure out the feel and the storytelling that you are about to tell your audience in order to get them intrigued and be like, yo, I need, I, I need this. I need this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and just to kind of add on to just what Mark has done, and it's crazy because there's a whole philosophy and teaching around what is called in the business world and even 
really even more of a popular book than anything but a blue ocean strategy, right? It's, mm -hmm. hey, how do you not build around competing with others, but how do you build in a way that doesn't interact with what anyone is doing? You just kind of introduce something entirely new to the marketplace. And I don't know if he's the only one, but he's got to be one of the very few that has made a living out of taking people out. Oh, mm. Vine? Oh, okay. Um, well, let me dabble into your world. Oh, Snapchat. Hey, uh, yeah. Let me introduce you to my, like, he's literally made a living out of going for people who are at the top of their game, who have the most hype and says, no, let me go right at them, build a competing product. But as I do that, I vertically integrate more of these features right into my app or right into my umbrella of companies or brands. And so this is one of the, the rare examples that I have to highlight and say, Mark is really known for this now to go after it. So of course there's conversation around, hey, this is gonna end up being some form of legal battle, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. But you, you, I, I do gotta give my hat off to him for that because dude is literally, he, he's, he's starting to build a track record for just going at people's necks and technically just taking their product or idea, making it better, integrating it into what he has and, and just keeps it moving. Yeah, I don't think that loss is going to go too far. He, Like you said, he has a track record. They've probably already mm -hmm. tried multiple times. He, he, had, he, he knows how to steal. He's like, steal like an artist. I got to still read that book. I need to do, yeah, I need yeah, to do yeah. that. Yeah. Still like an artist. He does that very well. He does that very, very well. Mm -hmm. So in the sense of social media, since we're talk talking about it, it's pretty much a social media uh, podcast today. Uh, but talking about social media, how to truly leverage content that could possibly make us some money. Right. So. Uh, me and Moose were watching an interview with uh, the Erica Taught Me chick. The, if you've seen her TikToks and Instagram where she's taught you how to return your AirPods for free and all these airline tricks and everything, she's super dope. She has a podcast and she was interviewing uh, Ryan Serhant. Is that it? Is that it? That's it. Come That's on. Come on with my last names. Sometimes good, sometimes really bad. Okay, so she was interviewing uh, Ryan and his approach of content and jumping on social media as a real estate influencer. And this is kind of what he said. Oh, that real estate entertainment and real estate content is a huge driver. And so I will always do that. And then we also know that the second bucket of thought leader is important. So we'll also do that. And then we then know that day in the life is interesting. So we'll always do that. It's kind of like three pieces of, of content that we create. We sell through content and no one else is doing it. I don't know why it's not like rocket science, but you know, we have a massive platform and it grows every single day because when you create quality content, especially for real estate, it drives buyers. Like we just sold a $15 million townhouse through TikTok, through video. Like we list properties for over a hundred million dollars and we get clients through YouTube. So this is pretty loaded and 
I want to break it down into a few parts and, and, and pass it to Moose from from his standpoint of a like a business approach to to social media and content. Right. So one. He has a content strategy. There was three buckets pretty much that I heard that was very key to who he is. We have to sit down as brands, what really embodies us and how do we show that on, on social media? So him was real estate thought leader. And what was the other one? What was the last one? There's something else. Day in the life. And life and life. lifestyle. Right. So a man is in the, the richest houses. He has to drive the cars. Boom. Lifestyle. You got to see how I'm living. You're going to want to be a part of it. You're going to want to know what I'm doing, right? Thought leader, I want to make sure that in this field, you know I'm an expert. You know I know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm doing. Then uh, real estate of, yo, I'm selling houses. This is my bread and butter. So this is who he is. This is what he's portraying out on social media. But then that last part where, yo, Put like, put out the content. By me putting out the content, I made millions. Just putting out uh, the house. Now, I do believe, and this is just me, I think, and it's so funny because I, I speak to a lot of real estate agents and, and people who, who sell where they're like, yo, what do I do about content? And I'm like, yo, I've been wanting to move to Texas for no reason because Facts. of how many. Oh, my God. Right. Because <laughs> of how many <laughs> videos I see of how big these houses are. And it's all done by the phone. It's nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he's showing, yo, once you have a platform oh, and it doesn't have to be a platform of his masses. Granted, he had a. uh Oh, a huge advantage by being a part of a reality show. But once you have a platform that has the power to to trend and go viral, you pick the right song, you pick the right hashtags, you pick the right topics, you do a video or post of whatever your expertise is and it could go crazy. What he didn't say is, hey, we are selling a house. Look at this. Nine out of ten times, you just got to show what you do. And it's selling without selling. Showcasing your life. Selling without selling. Being a thought, la thought leader. Telling people, yo, this is how to do it. Selling without selling. So we have to take these these platforms as tools and leverage them, take the content and take and leverage that to be able to get a bag from this. I, I was, like I said, new addiction. I was on threads. And the only thing I said was, yo, night owls, where you at? I'm typing up my, my newsletter and creating uh, the new episode for creator Ave. Slight plug Friday at 6 a.m. on all podcast players. 
Um, and they were like, what newsletter? What is Creator Ave? Where do we find it? Mm. I'm not saying, hey, I'm doing this and go here. Please listen to our stuff. Please join the newsletter. Absolutely not. I'm saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. People part of Deeper Than The Brand. Yo, fire call. Yo, I'm so happy that you're here. Yo, Nikki's fire. So honored that you did that. Hold on, what's deeper than the brand? What is that? Mm-hmm. So showcasing what you do is going to sell without selling anything. And that's what he did and, and said. And so now, granted, now all of us are going to post something and it's going to make millions. He's, he sold a million dollar house because that's what he does. If you have a product that's millions of dollars, you could possibly make millions. Some of us don't have that, right? He does. But he posts what he does and he makes money from it. So most from from a business side, right? How what's your thoughts on on leveraging content? Yeah, I mean the the art of of scale here really is 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 very powerful, right? And I use that word strategically because it's having to build that relationship with a list of either buyers or people that just simply know your name for a particular thing by doing something one time and the shareability factor, pressing that idea deeper into people's minds without you having to do any more work. So with every single share, more people are getting introduced to what you do and they're building that association or making that connection. Oh, when you think of Real estate, you can think of Ryan, and when you think of Ryan Sirhan, you can also think of real estate. Perfect, that's exactly what you want to do. And like we've said on many episodes before, still, till this day, one of the largest or most difficult things to do for a business is to attract new leads. It's to acquire new clients. Client acquisition is the number one challenge for almost every business owner. I don't know, the, the very few business owners are gonna say, ah, my least trouble or the least of my troubles is getting new clients, right? Because even if you're getting a lot of new clients, I bet you you're not attracting the right caliber client, right? Like the, the people who are just a perfect tailor-made fit for your skill set or what you need them to be or just ready in position, right? To really take advantage of what you have to offer. So client acquisition is always a top challenge. And so to be able to use content to get those people to trick, I mean, come on. $15 million house through TikTok. That's crazy. That's the, mm-hmm. I was like, TikTok? I've always looked at TikTok as a, a just playful thing. It, it makes you re, rethink like, wait a second, this stuff really works, but you got to give it out to him because it just, someone really taking that stuff that serious and dedicating, you know, time to that. Because in the rest of that interview, he talks about media being one of his main three businesses, right? It's not, oh, I just do content on the side. No, I understand the importance of content so much so that in addition to real estate and in addition to this education business, media is also my third business because that's the one that powers the other two. And so it's really the cheat code of almost bringing your marketing in-house, 
So rather than outsourcing back in the day, people, you know, on Madison Avenue or uh, what's that show? Is it Made Men or Mad Men? I think it was mm-hmm. older show on, on Netflix about the marketing executives on Madison Avenue. Not to say that that's not necessarily needed, but a lot of startups and entrepreneurs are like, why should I outsource and pay all of this money to a firm when I can bring that in-house? And it's a really good skill set to have. Right. Like the minute you can learn how to market yourself, you can pretty much sell anything. So, yeah, from a business standpoint, Nick's super critical. And just to be able to get have that flow going for yourself, both expanding your brand as well as acquiring new clients or leads in the process. Super win win. Facts. People, uh, let us know. If you're leveraging content correctly, all right? Just let us know this. We want to know, okay? Um, but last but not least, uh, let's let's talk about this this or that section, please, and thank you. This or that is sponsored by flightassessment.com. Discover your personal superpower. Learn how to use your superpower to become a master communicator, strengthen all your relationships, and develop the self-awareness you need to fulfill your highest potential. Go to flightassessment.com. Now, uh, I saw this article, right, that I found uh, very interesting, to be honest with you. Pull it up on my, my phone, which Isaiah will probably pull it up on the screen. But the title is Bed Rotting. TikTok latest trend reveals the toxic side of self-care, right? Where this is literally uh, people who will stay in bed all day, watch Netflix, maybe snack on the bed. And now there is a debate of you're being lazy, bed rotting. It ain't, that's not self-care. That's just trash, right? And so I wanted to bring this up because, you know, we're big on self-care and taking breaks and that whole nine. And I wanted to know from Musa's standpoint, when you are in bed all day, all day, okay, is that bed rotting? And that's the negative side of self-care for brands and business owners. Hmm. Wow. Uh, What an interesting topic that is. I mean, I got to say, the way my back is set up now, if I lay in bed for a whole day, I'm waking up with like back spasms or something. I'm just like, my back just be automatically messed up from (laughs) from not moving enough. Uh, So so that's an interesting one. But you know what's what's so interesting is I can see why this is even a topic of debate because they're really... I, I, I know for a fact from my own experience that there is a level of mental exhaustion that a person sometimes gets to where you don't want to do anything other than to just simply breathe. So mm-hmm. the only thing I want to do today is breathe. I don't want to have to exhaust myself to think and, and exert all of this energy. For some people in different parts of their journeys, that's a reality, right? And so... I definitely don't want to take the stance of shaming someone for what they see to be their method of recharging, 
because it's all valid. Like we talked about last week, this is another one of those topics that's subjective. Now, headlines will sometimes try to make it a topic and say, well, no, this is not that, but it's not that. And it almost shames you or, or makes you, it, it like guilt trips you into getting away from something that works for you. And so, hey, if this is something that works for you and you're doing it, I don't know, once, once a week, once every couple of weeks, once a month, once every so often, when you just feel absolutely tapped out, that's the only thing you want to do, go for it as long as it works. But the, the part that I always want to highlight, of course, within context is simply copying it because it's what's trending on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I have seen some of those trends or, you know, just things that are popular on TikTok to be the complete demise, like the, the thing that really ruins people just because it's not what they need, but they're just doing it because they want to be able to post about it or share their experience on it. And it ends up, you know, being to their detriment. So uh, you got to look at both sides of those, Nick. I got to say that. So. Yeah, I, I gotta I don't I don't see what's wrong with the staying in bed for a bit, right? If you wanna stay in bed the whole day, you may have a reason for that, right? Now some people need to recharge in different ways. If I worked six days out of the seven crazy hard waking up early, going to bed late, <coughs> excuse me. Um, then if I want to spend my day of rest in bed and I go and I, the next day, get back at it, I don't see what's wrong with that. Now, we definitely live in a hustle culture, a grind culture, right? And I think, uh, depending on the generation you're on, you're with that or you're completely against it, right? For me, I am not necessarily completely against it, but I do prioritize uh, self-care. I do prioritize naps. I do prioritize uh, recharging and just stopping and just, Certain things are just not that important. It's just, it just really isn't. It, I do believe a lot of things are in, in God's time. And so that's, I can't rush that just because I'm up late at night and, mm -hmm. and, and doing 17 different things and, and like, chill out, chill out. I can't, there, there has to be work, but there has to be patience as well. In, in, in my case, that I'm just speaking for me, not, not everybody. Other people, you you can't get what you want unless you go get it. Absolutely. That, that, there's, there's truth in that. There's absolutely truth in that. Am I going to be beyond hardcore aggressive and then look at my life and be like, damn, I wish I spend more time with this person. And I wish that I had more time doing this. And I wish, like, I don't, I'm not here to do the I wishes. Like, once again, like I said, it's just everything's in God's time and that's just, I can't control that. So bed rotting, if you want to call it that, cool. I call it self-care. I call a day of rest. I call uh, 
chilling and, and, and there's nothing wrong with binge watching, eating in bed. Well, even though I'm not for that, I think that's, that's like almost a rule for me. Like, okay, I have chubby tendencies, but that's just out of here. You cannot. That ain't one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot. Please don't eat, eat, eat in my bed unless you're sick. If you're sick, cool. I understand that. You got to eat. But if it's just like, let's go watch something and eat a whole meal here. Absolutely not. Now, the cuteness of breakfast in bed, I could get that. Because that's cute. That's fine. Funny. But, but if that is, there's like a whole bag of chips on the side of the bed and being like. <laughs> Ma'am, in my case. No. <laughs> no. Not, not happening. So, um, I'm not, I'm not for the the eating in bed situation. But you want to binge on? I I binge on every food thing on Netflix at certain days. Tomorrow I probably will do that too. It's like snack versus chef and Iron Chef and all these different things, bakery stuff. Why? Because I'm so intrigued. I don't know why. I don't I don't know why. Mm -hmm. But that's my. Guilty pleasure, maybe because I'm a skinny fat kid now. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. That's me. I don't think it's bed rotting. I think it's self-care. I think everybody should put a priority to self-care and not downplay or make fun of people who do that. Uh, because at a certain point, at a certain age, you're going to be like, oh, massages is something so different chiropractors so great naps are amazing taking a bath not always taking a shower taking a bath and relaxing that's that's great you know getting getting the hair done going to the barber on a regular basis that's that's amazing you're gonna feel that way mm -hmm. one time one time for the one time and uh you let us know how you how you do It's a different this or that. It's different, but it was trending on TikTok. So it goes along yeah. with the social media episode. You feel me? It's, it's going along with it. Anyways, people, let us know vibes. what you think about the podcast. Okay? Whether you're watching this video experience, whether you're listening to it and you're heading over to threads at Nikki and Moose, and you're, you're mentioning us and telling us about it, let us know what you think about the podcast. Uh... Creator Av, of course, drops every Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern. Please go check that out. Um, video experience for all our podcast episodes drops Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. We also have the after show, which is only on Apple Podcasts. So go listen to that audio experience because it's a vibe. Um and I may have something to really talk about today and just sit on the couch again because we go back and forth between business therapy and content therapy. It's going to be great. I don't know. I don't know what we'll, we'll I, I may have to get on the couch. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how we go about this. But um, Moose, <laughs> final words. Yeah, in a world where people's opinions come with an open invitation, meaning everyone is invited and entitled to share their opinion. 
I think it's a true superpower to be an independent thinker. So be open to people's ideas, but at the end of the day, whatever final decision that you make, make sure it's a product of your own thoughts, your own ideas, and not someone else's borrowed vision.